Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Well, I mean, you know, you say this as many times as you want, it turns into gobbledygook eventually, right? It's like saying a single word over and over again to the point where you're like, what is, is that really a word still? Is that is that it's just weird sounds in my head, right? Um, it just do it, obviously, is the world's most famous tagline. I'm I'm presuming in the in the English speaking language. For all I know, uh, a couple billion Chinese people uh, have a whole other favorite tagline. I have no idea what it is. But to those of us who can speak English, just do it is probably the number one tagline. Certainly uh, the most widespread, certainly the most repeated, certainly the most used. Uh, certainly a lot of money's been spent behind it to put it out there into the world. So it clearly, it works. Here's the thing, it's three words. It's three words. What if your tagline was, it's three words? <laughs> it's three words. Uh, come work for me. It's three words. Um, yeah, that was a funny tangent there. Anyway, we're going to talk about how to turn what the, the missing piece we talk about employer brand. And I think like I feel like my entire job here in a podcast is to uncover all the missing pieces. So much of what we do when we think about employer brand is to do the simple stuff. Hey, let's throw a focus group together. Hey, let's run a survey. Hey, let's take those words and say that's our brand. Or let's throw a framework at it. And by the way, guilty. I've done that a whole bunch of times. Um, and I love a framework. Oh my goodness, I love a framework. Um, nothing gets my juices going like a framework and I'm not even being a little sarcastic. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, how to get deeper with your employer brand because I think the piece that's missing for our employer brand, it says it right there in the title, meaning. And we're going to dive into that when we get right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better. And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis, high atop uh, the, uh, the Edistone building here in Chicago. And I say hi, I mean, eh, it's nine floors. Um, it is uh, Chicago Air and Water Show. So if at some point while I'm recording it sounds like the Blue Angels are flying past my house, it's because the Blue Angels are in fact flying past my house. Um, it's wet out there, so I don't know how much of that's going to delay things, but uh, I've already seen some pretty interesting aircraft. And the, the practice days, Thursday and Friday, were intense, and they were definitely teeth rattling. Anyway, so you know, keep that in mind. There's your housekeeping. Otherwise, you want to come find me? You want to come see me? I'm going to be places. I'm going to be at KairConf. I'm going to be at RecruitCon. I'm going to be in Sweden next month. So if you're in Sweden, just say hey. Um, if I'm going to be in New York City in two weeks. Uh, we're, uh, the day job's doing a big event, so if I've reached out to you about that, you should come because I will be there. Uh, maybe no stickers at that event. That's not that kind of event. Anyway, uh, and like I said in previous podcasts, the book continues, so I started to release some interviews for people I want to include in the book, and I have to buckle down and do the 
final copy, right? That's going to be fun. Anyway, let's talk about the actual podcast we want to talk about. Ooh, 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 one last thing I forgot. So uh, how do I want to pitch this? Ah, I don't know. I just pitch it. How about this? If you want to get an email from me every week that is just headlines from around the world, and by the world, I mean the employer brand headlines, uh, and a little bit of, hey, this is why this is interesting, or hey, this is why this is cooler, psh, man, they screwed that up. Um, just Find me, email me, tweet me. I will send you the link. It's actually tinyletter.com slash employer branding. I'll throw it in the show notes. Um, yeah, it's just a thing I've been doing. It's uh, coming along really well. Got a lot of good subscriber uh, feedback. So, uh, you know, hey, it's free. It's no sales, no sales, no pitches. Just, hey, go be smart. Uh, so there you go. Take my brain and uh, take it to work, I guess, sort of. Anyway, let's talk about meaning. Um, here, allow me to wheel out, and, yeah, I'm wheeling it out, the old chestnut that is employer brand, or a brand is not a logo, a brand is not a tagline, a brand is not words, a brand is not a video, and for employer brand especially, we I feel like we have to say an employer brand is not a video, an employer brand is not your glass door rating, your employer brand is not the tagline you throw on your career site, in fact, it's not even the copy on your website. And now I've hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. I don't know. You you spent a lot of time writing and crafting those. And I, I get that. I get it. I know what a political minefield it is to try and distill everybody's feelings and thinking about why they work for this company and why they do this job into a couple of words or even a couple of paragraphs that you stick on a career site and say, that's why we do it. And there's a, you know, when you get a lot of very important and powerful and well-paid people in the room to kind of decide why they work there, there's a reason why <laughs> there's a lot of art and science with employer brand because it's very easy to make a camel. It's very easy to just stick a bunch of words and say, that's who we are. Like, here's a string of words. Here's who we are. Here's the trick. The Bible, string of words. The Quran, a string of words. The Book of Mormon, string of words. Uh, uh, Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, a string of words. Uh, any blog post I've ever written, in fact, a string of words. Some of those things are more important or more meaningful than other of those things. I will leave it to you to decide which is which. Not that podcast, right? Um, Putting words together, putting words in people's faces, putting weird words into videos, putting words into reviews, putting words—it—you uh, have to remember that our job, when we put these words together, it's very easy to lose focus and say, "I have to pick the perfect words. I have to craft the perfect words." Right? It's—you know—how many revisions do you have when you go through your tagline? How many revisions do you go through when it comes to your your mission statement or your brand pillars? Or you know, I was just in a series of focus groups, and you're watching this company try and find how do you distill fifteen thousand opinions into a single paragraph? Spoiler: You can't. You have to learn how to throw some of those opinions out. That's a separate tangent. We should probably talk about that at some point. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, text. So these words are just squibbles, right? Squiggles, squibbles, scribbles, whatever you want to call them. They're just shapes, right? I mean, and this is not to get turned into a weird semantics class or anything, but that's all they are. They're just shapes. They're symbols that when you stick them together, I don't know if you can hear that. That's, that's a plane flying by. Um, when you stick those squiggles together, form what we have all decided is a word. Now, if you're speaking English language, uh, if I have the squiggle that signifies an F and a squiggle that signifies an L and a squiggle that signifies a Y, you say that is a word meaning fly, either meaning a small bug that moves around in air or the act of a plane going by my house. Can't imagine how I come up with these things, right? Um, 
we've all decided that when you see that word, we have certain feelings with that. When you see fly and you think bug, you go, ugh, get it away from me, or oh, there's food that's rotting, or, or uh, ooh, it's outside, or it's swampy, or ugh, this place is covered in flies, or oh, I hope there's not a dead body around here covered in flies. You know, there's all sorts of meanings we intend behind that word fly, which is really just a series of squiggles that we hope you will adapt and understand as meaning the word fly. If it's about planes, I have to go fly. For some people, that's panic-inducing. For some people, that's annoying. For some people, that's, oh, cool. Like my four-and-a-half-year-old. It's like, daddy's got to go fly. He's going to go fly in a plane. She thinks that's hilarious because she's four-and-a-half years old, and she's adorable. And every time she gets in a plane, the world coos at her. That is not how my flight experience generally tends to go. I wonder why I'm grumpy. Um, yes, there's a whole lesson, and maybe I should be happier and more friendly to other human beings, and they will be happier and friendlier to me. Again, separate podcast. This is not that sort of thing. But she, when she thinks of the word fly, she has this, ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and someone's going to bring me a snack and a game, and when I get off the plane, my grandparents will be happy to see me, right? That is her complete and total experience of fly. Um, My mileage will differ. And again, there's another plane. I can't tell if you can hear that. They're just squiggles. Text words. They're just squiggles. And they're symbols for something we mean behind them. So when you say your brand is fly, you're anticipating, rightly or wrongly, you are anticipating that someone understands that when you say fly, you mean airplane and not launched out of catapult or bug. Uh, didn't even cover the catapult, right? That's a whole other thing. Uh, there, and there are many other ways you could fly. Like We could get into the positive and negatives, whatever. That's not, we, this is not disseminating the word fly. That's not what this is. I'm sure there's a podcast that will do exactly that. This ain't it. Um, But the intention is if I choose the word fly, I'm choosing that word because I hope it creates meaning in your mind, right? Okay. So here's the deal. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to go, there's a stranger. I can see her out the window. She's got a pink shirt and some jeans. And if I walked out to her and said, hey, fly, she would go, not a bug, not a plane, probably not a catapult, though, frankly, I don't know. But she's a complete and total stranger to me. The meaning she's going to get from it is, who is this weirdo? Right? Pretty fair. Pretty fair, right? We're all going to be on board with this one. She's a total stranger. She's walking down the street, and I just walk up to her, and I say, fly. And she's going to think I'm a whack job. She's going to think I'm nutso. And that's valid, because it turns out that squiggles, that when, and in this case, audio squiggles that we call sounds, that mean this word has a lot of other meanings depending on the context. It's not just bug versus plane versus catapult. It is, why is this person using this word now? To de- why is this person delivering this audio squiggle, this symbol, this sound, to mean something? What could they possibly mean? And you go through a litany of complicated but instantaneous thought processes, right? Lizard brain, mammalian brain, they all come together and go, what the heck's about to happen here? Um, your reptile brain doesn't understand what that word is. Your mammal brain does, the big part on the top. Um, but your lizard brain is is what you hit first because that's where your fight or, fight or flight is. But your lizard brain goes, who is this stranger? What's going on? And the question of fly may not even get past the mammalian brain. So if I uh, walk up to a complete and total stranger, in this case a woman, because let's go ahead and add on some complexity there, right? Total stranger male walks up to a woman, obviously, defense is up, as is, as is appropriate in the city. Um, and I say fly, and let's say she freaks out and runs because she thinks some, something bad's about to happen. And the cops say, what did he say? Do you think she'd be able to say he said the word fly? Because that's 
the remember memory stuff is all on the top of her brain. It may not that signal may never ever gotten to that part of the brain, or if it did, it got overwhelmed by all the fear responses in the lizard brain. This is not meant to be a brain rules kind of situation, but it's all valid. It's all there. What I'm trying to say is when you say, that was definitely a plane, I know you heard that. If you say your brand is X, I don't care what it is. You're not trying to convince the world that your brand is X. What you're trying to ultimately do is create meaning in that person's head. Now, a couple things to unpack there because it wouldn't be a podcast unless I said the word unpack, right? Um, First off, there's the symbol itself, the squiggle of of shapes, the auditory sounds, and the symbol we imply it to mean is complicated, right? If you don't speak English and I say the word innovate to you, you're just heard right? Or or we can go full on peanuts and Charlie Brown. Right? You heard something, but there's no meaning behind it. There's no meaning behind that symbolic phrase sound squiggle, right? Because you don't speak the language. Okay, let's get past that. If you do speak the language and I say we're all about innovation, what a developer or a machine learning expert, or a nurse, or an electrician, or a lawyer may think of that word, i.e. the meaning created by that word, is going to be radically different. The same squiggle of shapes creates different meanings in different people. The same squiggle of shapes means one thing when you're 24 or 23 and you're just out of school, and that same squiggle means a whole lot of other stuff if you're 44. Right? And you have a lot of experience. Not an education thing. Let's take that out of the equation just to make this a little simpler, as if that's possible. But they have very different meanings. If I tell you this company is all about innovation, join us to help us innovate, to some people that sounds like, oh, cool, I'm going to change the world. For some people, it's going to be great. This is a company that must invest in its research and development. It's a company that must invest in its own people to try new things. For some people, it's going to be, buzzword. You're full of crap because you're just throwing a buzzword out that you think I want to hear. I don't believe it for a second. What happens is, is when you throw that squiggle, auditorial or shape, you know, visual, however it is, out into the world, I as an individual have to interpret the meaning and create. Here's the deal. You can't create meaning for me. Only I can create meaning for me. The brain is literally a machine that creates patterns and meaning. That's all it does. Ultimately, that's all it does. It senses patterns, it perceives patterns, and it's every day trying to create meaning. So when you see something, you're like, okay, what is that? Does it mean? Is that a scary thing? Is it a good thing? Is that something I have to avoid? Or is that something I'll have to worry about? Is that something that's positive? Is that something that's negative? So if there's a someone who's being, you know, let's say a, a person who's looking for spare change, if they're dressed pretty well, you might go, okay, this person's looking for change. Huh, that's weird. They're dressed better than I would expect them to be. You're going to create meaning in the fact when they say, hey, do you have a dollar or a quarter I could borrow? If it's someone who's literally wearing rags and they're acting a little crazy and they say, hey, do you have a dollar or a quarter I could borrow? That's a whole different meaning. Same squiggle of sounds, different meaning. Different meaning to you. One of them is more positive. One of them is far more concerning, scary, terrifying, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. The meaning happens in the individual's brain. And our job is to make these squiggles. And we think our job is just to make the squiggles. Here comes another plane. Unbelievably loud. Unbelievably loud. It's like right over my head. Anyway, finally gone. I hope you're catching this and you don't think I'm insane. (laughs) 
Maybe you do. Maybe both can be true. Um, you're, you think your job is to make these squiggles, these sounds, these symbols, these shapes on paper and pixels, these waveforms in our ears. And it is, but only in service of the idea of creating meaning, right? When we talked before about what is a job, we didn't say the job isn't the task, the job is the outcome. Same thing. The task is to make squibbles on pixels and paper and, and waveforms and whatnot, but the job, the outcome, the output, or the, yeah, the outcome of all this is to create the meaning in people's heads. And we get so wrapped up, so wrapped up in the squiggles on the pixels. Squiggles on pixels, by the way, my new band name. I once played bass in Squiggles on Pickles. Pixels. Dang it. That was, fun. it was funny. It was funny, and I blew it. Anyway, meta humor. Anywho, your job is to create that meaning. When you see, just do it. The, like I said, the most famous tagline I can think of, your brain unpacks that so many different ways and creates so many different kinds of meanings. And what it's not the tagline itself. The tagline itself is the the just the final coat of paint on a very big house because the fact that they hired Michael Jordan and later LeBron James and now apparently Zion Williamson, um, the fact that they have amazing commercials for women, for men. Uh, you've seen the one a couple years ago about the fat kid, and I use that non-pejoratively as a fellow fat kid. Um, the fat kid running in down the street by himself, and he's just huffing and a puffing. You're like, and you're like, on some level, you're kind of like, oh god, that's awkward. But the commercial says, just do it. He's they're encouraging this fat kid to just keep it up, man. You're you're doing something. You're doing what you want. That's great. Just do it. The words themselves are squiggles. The meaning comes from all the things around it. The meaning comes from the products, the store, the commercials, the ads, the messages, the, uh, uh, the what you see on the website, on, the, on, their, on, their, on their commercial side, on their career side. It's everything about the Nike brand culminates and ultimately is triggered, re-triggered re again by the tagline, just do it. So what happens is, is Nike spends a lot of money on all these commercials and all these celebrity endorsements and gets very, very successful athletes to wear their products on very, very uh, high uh, visibly, <laughs> high visibility spaces like, I don't know, uh, the Super Bowl or NBA Finals or what have you. And it's trying to create meaning. And what it does is once it creates meaning, it anchors that meaning in a tagline, right? It anchors that meaning in your head so that every time you see Just Do It, even if it's a white billboard with black lettering that says Just Do It, little swoosh, um, you are re-triggered to understand what that means. It doesn't look like Just Do What? What am I supposed to do? Is this a command? Is this a suggestion? Who are this? The, all the stuff doesn't happen because the meaning has already been created. The tagline is there to anchor and re-trigger the meaning. Now, if you're an alien from space and you saw that for the first time, that would be an ineffective ad, the white billboard with the black lettering, because you'd be like, just do what? Huh? You don't know all the other stuff behind it. Now, why do I you know, talk about Nike like this? Well, because it's obvious. Once you see it, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's how that works. Because if I take that same idea and apply it to your employer brand, I want you to think of all the time you spend coming up with your tagline. Two words, four words, six words, 12 words, I don't care. Some of yours are quite a bit longer. Um, what you're trying to do or what you've forgotten you're trying to do is create meaning. 
Instead, what you're really trying to do is make these squiggles mean something. But as we've already said, the contextual clues around the squiggles define the squiggles. And we spend all our time trying to nail down the squiggles. I maintain that, yes, Just Do It is a fantastic commercial. And whew, yeah, there's a reason why that work really works. But given the amount of money Nike spends and has spent historically, given the products that they sell, given the celebrity endorsements, given all the other ecosystem around the Nike brand, I almost wonder, and I wish you, I mean, you can't do it, but I really wish you could test it to say, would the brand be different? Would the meaning be different with different tagline? If it wasn't just do it, what if it was go run, buddy? Um, I'm, I'm spitballing. Literally, that the first thing that came to mind, right? <laughs> because just three words didn't seem appropriate. But just run, just run buddy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a marketer. Can you tell? Um, but with all the structure around it, all the pre-prepared messages with the ecosystem, with this construct, with the context around just run, buddy, I bet just run, buddy, would create and re-trigger, anchor and trigger that message almost as well as just do it. I'm going to give a little points to just do it because it is an amazing tagline and I think it is incredibly well written. I think it is it is beyond the power of it. It's simply the economy and focus of words as a whole. There's, there's no question other podcasts that dive in deeply in the making, making and creation of just do it. But I know, So I'm going to give them points that, that just do it is probably better than just run buddy, but I bet it's not that far off. Meaning the words themselves aren't immaterial but aren't nearly as important as you think they are. What's more important is creating the meaning and all the other stuff that helps set that meaning. So for example, let's go back to the innovate. You're all about innovation, great. Again, I go to your Glassdoor reviews and they say, you know what, we all work on pencils and crayons on paper and we have to use the backside of paper for our printer paper. Okay, that sounds cheap and it doesn't sound particularly innovative. I mean, maybe you're just a really, really green company. And maybe you skipped past the innovation, you went straight to green. Okay, well, you have to reframe that idea to be innovative. Otherwise, they're going, okay, I'm confused. Are you cheap? Are you green? Are you innovative? Now you've got three messages, and I don't know what this is. And I don't have any meaning because I don't believe any of those messages. And then I go to your career site, and you talk about, well, it turns out it's not really optimized for mobile. <laughs> um, and suddenly, I'm starting to wonder if my concept, meaning, understanding of the concept of innovation is anywhere near what your concept is. Suddenly, the squiggles, the auditory waveforms that say innovation is just a squibble. It's just a waveform. It's a sound that says, <laughs> right? What does it mean to me? And if I can't take my translation, understanding, comprehension of that concept and line it up with what you're showing me, I throw the whole thing out. If Nike said just do it and there was no Michael Jordan and no LeBron and no Zion and no uh, basketball and no um, Super Bowl and football and no other sports and no women's soccer, right, or football, sorry, 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 I have a lot of friends uh, who think about, worry about those things. Um, does just do it mean it? Does, does it just do it mean anything? It's just do it. It's just a command. So you have to think about when you spend a lot of time nailing down your exact right tagline, brand, EVP, brand positioning, brand promise, call it what you will. Um, 
you are going to spend way too much time focusing on the exact right words. And I'm going to tell you right now, doubt. I mean, there's on some level, you have to do it a little bit. There's a political element to it that you have to kind of involve your, yourself. But truly, if you make a claim, you have to remember that the meaning is created in the individual. And there's simply too many people in this world for a single message to work to create the same meaning on all people. Let's throw out language biases. Let's throw out cultural biases. Let's talk about the difference between a nurse and an electrician. Let's talk about the difference between a lawyer and a developer. And by the way, when I say developer, do I mean software developer or real estate developer? <laughs> right? When I say innovation, or I say work-life balance, or I say status, or I say support, or I say development, what the hell does that mean? And if you're expecting the individual to create the same meaning you're implying, and you're just using a minimum of words, you're wrong. What you have to do is use that tagline and brand as a conceptual North Star and say, look, how you express this idea that is most likely to create the correct meaning in a nurse or a developer, software or real estate, or an electrician or a lawyer, means you might have to make 10 different messages. If you're talking about innovation, you have to talk to nurses about innovation differently than you do a software developer as you do a real estate developer. What does innovation mean? What do you want them to mean? If you just say the word innovation, it's buzzword bingo and nobody gives a tiny rat's butt. I said, but, right? The job, your task, the expectation is to create meaning and we've forgotten that we've lost focus of that we are so focused on the right words and getting the buy-in and getting the senior vice president of whatever the hell to say yep i love it let's do it and not say you know what what if we could find a way to also include in your 27 word tagline the word uh team i think team's important and suddenly it's not uh, a tagline so much as it is like a, a junk drawer in your kitchen where you're like it's string it's all batteries it's that spoon that doesn't fit anywhere it's that that it's the hex wrench from ikea that you don't know if you're allowed to throw out yet or not you might need it one day all that stuff becomes a junk drawer of words that means nothing and you don't want that because your job is to create meaning not to make squiggles not to make squiggles that everybody's happy with and i encourage you nay i beg you not quite on hands and knees, but it's a podcast, pretend. But on beg of you to push back and say the job isn't to make perfect words. The job is to create meaning. And you are an individual senior vice president, C-suite person, uh, recruiting manager, whoever, person making this more complicated than it needs to be. And you say to them, when you hear these words, a certain kind of meaning is created in your mind. Guess what? That is not the same meaning created in someone else's mind for a lot of different reasons. So rather than try and assume we all need to create your meaning, let's find lots of different ways to make your meaning be all their, their meanings, which means granularity of message, which means breaking things down, which means finding different ways to reinforce the message. Right, think about the last 40 years in Nike. Again, sorry, Nike, you're not paying me for any of this, so congratulations, enjoy all the quote-unquote promotion I'm giving you. Um, but to say all the different commercials, all the different messages, all the different um, 
the people, right? Again, it's, it's everything from, um, it's got to be the shoes, the Spike Lee uh, one for Mike jo- Michael Jordan, which if you haven't seen, is hilarious. Uh, Spike Lee at his funniest uh, versus the fat kid versus the, the women's soccer team, the one that came out a couple weeks ago. All of these are the same conceptual meaning it's trying to create using radically different language and squibbles and waveforms in radically different contexts, in radically different spaces, to radically different people. That's the game. Because your brand isn't what you say it is. It's what everybody feels it is, right? It's what they perceive it to be. And as many times as you put that word out there, it's not a game of how many times can you shout innovation. It's not a game of how many times can you shout work-life balance. It's not a game of how many times can you shout development. It's about do they feel it. Which means, since everybody's a little different, I'm told, you might have to make your message a little different. The focus, the focal point should be on the meaning, not the tagline, not the message, right? All right, thanks so much for listening. Uh, As always, I'm around. Come find me on Twitter. Come find me on the websites. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for sharing this. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.